This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. From SEMA in the Magnaflow booth, we've got another episode of Universe. Once again, Jonathan Klein helping me with the hosting duties. Uh, I'm the perennial uh, co-host now. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm kicking out Glucker. Yes, uh, and attempting to snack on what looks like maybe sausage in between. Uh, ribeye. Ribeye. Oh, okay. Ribeye in a sandwich. That's, I like it. That's, that's new. It's actually really delicious. Okay. And then we've got Dan from Dining. Well, nice the, to be here. Thank you. Good. How the hell are you doing today? Good, good. A little hectic? A little hectic. Yeah. Fun to be here, though. How long have you guys been preparing for SEMA? Uh, I would say probably about 60 days, as far as yeah. my side of it yeah. goes. The I'm poor sure. marketing director has uh, yeah, probably exactly. been since last SEMA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's our, it's our actual first full year here, so that's it's really kind of exciting for us. Really? I'm surprised. I am, yeah. Wow. So you guys only did, like, one or two days last uh, last last year we came in and we had a, a slight presence, uh, but this year we did the whole booth and, and uh, it's kind of a new direction for us. So it's well, we're excited some about serious it. Serious investment going into the company, from Absolutely. what I understand. So Absolutely. you guys are making a making a uh, bit of a focus to more more of a presence here, bigger marketing budget and so forth. Right? Absolutely. And that's what it, that's that's the direction we're going now. Yeah. It's uh yeah it's been interesting. I mean we just had the uh, we had the M4 a little while ago and that thing is it's it's a, exactly what I expected out of you. It's very fast and it's an M4. It's like an M4 and a half. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. I am testing it soon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna have it. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm getting furious uh, nods. I have told people time and again. I think my favorite car that I've driven in the last five years was the Euro M135. Oh my god, that thing was a monster. That that, that thing was, was an awesome car. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I I don't know if or how you guys will ever top that. Just because I don't know if BMW will provide you another platform that good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the M2 could be. I'm sure you guys are doing the uh, the 235s right now. Uh, the M235s we're doing quite a bit with. Uh, we've got one here at the show. Uh, it's got a uh, our, uh, our big turbo kit on it that okay. uh, we're, we're coming so out with. So what is the big turbo kit comprised of? How, how big is the stock one versus what you're, we, you guys we take are the, We take the stock BMW turbocharger. We leave the hot side or the exhaust side okay. the same. The intake side or the cold side, mm-hmm. we've, we've increased the size of that thing. So you're running a hybrid turbo now. Exactly. Okay. Um, and we tie that together with uh, with a two-stage intercooler. Basically, it's two cooler uh, bodies okay. together. Uh, there's not a lot of room in the front of that car, so it rather you got to kind of split them up. So we have to split them up. Yeah. So it's a it's an absolutely beautiful. Like piece the only Porsche, there's just no not enough room. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, we're excited about that, and uh, it made gobs of power, so we're just smiling ear to ear on it. Yeah, that's uh, now. What about the fuel system? Did you have to do anything on that to adjust for the bigger uh, turbo? We, we ran into a little bit of a problem with um, with the fuel system when you got below a quarter of a tank of gas okay. under full throttle acceleration. The G-force was moving the gas away from it, uh, away from the fuel pump pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were looking into how we we're going to get around that thing. We contacted Bosch about getting bigger pumps made. Um, and then uh, we started looking into the M3, M4, found that 
BMW had had the same problems with that thing and how they resolved it. Mm -hmm. So we took that concept, applied it to the M235. If you can say, how did they resolve it? Um, it was, it, it's, the, the fuel tank itself is basically, two, it's a saddle tank, so there's two halves to it. Right. Uh, the, the, the one side that has the fuel pump in is the smaller of the two, so the bulk of your reservoir is on the other side. The challenge was getting the fuel back into the smaller side fast enough so that on a low tank situation under a hard G pull, you would have enough fuel for the pump to pick up. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so just so kind of maybe not the greatest design originally. Exactly. But for most applications, it was probably fine. Yeah. We, we start making as much silly horsepower as we make. Uh, <laughs> and you put it on a track with a <laughs> lunatic like one of us, and then you so, start having starvation yeah, so, issues. So, yeah. So we, we ended up uh, building a, basically a Venturi system. That was similar to what BMW did with the M3 and 4 okay. to supplement the drawover. And uh, we're about a week and a half into it, and it looks good. And the days of the, the fuel pump issues are done, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a bit of an issue for a while. Not your issue. It was BMW's uh, uh, issue, to be clear. But, yeah, 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 yeah. That, was, that was a thing. But, you know, they were early into the direct injection game. They're, I think uh, them, the, the BMW? Every, every, in the early days, uh, BMW had an issue with direct injection pumps. Uh, Volkswagen, Porsche did, Mercedes did, Cadillac did. Yeah, I think that... Anybody um, went direct injection. Between, I think it was the BMW motors and the GM Ecotex were the first ones in the market with direct mm -hmm. injection. And that was it. Well, we're still in the wild west of direct injection yeah, as far really as I'm are. concerned. We really are. There is no standard. Everybody, every manufacturer's get thrown away, and sometimes it's not even consistent amongst manufacturers. Yep, absolutely. Is that it, is the BMW stuff kind of starting to get standardized it's, now? Or? It's 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 really coming to its own in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and and it delivers what we expect. Okay. So we can deal with it. You know, the the, the, uh, the short-lived pumps and a lot of the problems that they had initially. The growing pains are kind of on yeah. their way out, I think. I, I've been likening it to when we cut over to fuel, electronic fuel injection. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's that same kind of learning curve to where, you know, especially when you're talking the hot rodder guys, they stuck with carburetors forever sure. until they really got that nailed down. And I think, once again, we're going to see that to where the older stuff is going to be maybe a little more powerful than the newer stuff for a little while. And then everybody's going to sort it out. And next thing you know... We're going to see thousand horsepower Civics for some reason. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. The, yeah, the whole transitory period is always a challenge. Yeah, and then you guys, of course. Um, last I knew, you guys were developing your own ECUs. Is that is that still something that's going on? Right now, that's that's kind of on the back burner. Okay. Um, we we ended up developing the external ECU, so we've got uh, an interface that uh, interfaces with a BMW mm -hmm. uh, computer system. It's a, we call it the, the Dynan ECU. Okay. So we, we, we actually integrate our, our system into the BMW harness, so our harness emulates BMW's harness, so you disconnect it from the factory mm -hmm. uh, computer, plug it into our harness, it goes all the way through our computer, we modify a handful of signals, okay, uh, and then deliver them back to the uh, the BMW uh, ECU. So you've got you've got an ASIC somewhere sitting in there, changing voltages and, and looking at map sensors and things like that, and yeah, exactly. sending it sending it what it wants to see. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. And, and we try to do as we always had, try to make sure that 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 the BMW computer system is a, a, in a happy spot. Right. We don't make it chase itself. We we deliver basically the finished goods to it, and it looks at it, and it gives it the thumbs up and goes. It's just a shame that you know um, that some of the manufacturers feel the need to encrypt 
and, and really yeah. lock down their ECUs because to me it's 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 like the issue of putting DRM on on video content yeah, yeah. on music content. You don't hurt anybody except the honest consumer where you make it more difficult for them because the easy solution to it is oh if you come in with a modified ECU oh you just you just void the warranty. Yeah. It's a very simple thing to yeah, do. Right. Why bother locking it down? Because yeah, yeah. eventually you're going to crack it or yeah. you know somebody's going to do because you know Chrysler's been famous for that too. That's why nobody touches the Hemi platform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just you guys have been much more persistent about getting around it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's it's. So what else? I mean, the two thirty five is, is is a big thing. The M two obviously is going to be a big the thing. M two we're excited about. Yeah. Um, I, you know, last I knew, you guys didn't always get early access to stuff. Have you guys been to play still, with that M2 yet? Yeah, we still don't. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, we have a phenomenal relationship with BMW North America and BMW Germany. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the, the, the old adage, strange bedfellows, is always probably the best thing. You know, they I think they appreciate what we do and they appreciate our persistence and, and, and how we go about it. Right. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, we're still on the outside looking in. Right. So, and their engineering department is probably envious. They're like, they get to do the fun stuff we exactly. wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> They're still very German. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very stoic. Yeah. Absolutely right. But you know, that's it. But they've got to play. They've got to play in parameters that you don't have to. Absolutely right. So, and then the interesting thing is, is I've had people ask me about Dyna stuff. I think it was just yesterday. I'm like, no, no, no the Dyna stuff is fully warrantied. Yeah. And that's and and the, how does the warranty work on the Dyna stuff? Is it basically go any dealership that sells Dyna parts is will will take care of that warranty? Is that how it works? Uh, you know, if if the car is protected under the factory 450, right? Even if it's at a non-Dyna shop. Mm-hmm. We'll take There's care an of agreement it. If, in place. If BMW says, you know what, we're not going to warranty that particular portion of it because of your addition of Dynam product, mm-hmm. the next phone call that's made is a Dynam, and Dynam takes care of it. Okay. So this is a relationship. I mean, you, obviously, you guys have been at this a long time, so that's this a is a pretty streamlined process. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and, you know, it's not like you guys are random part manufacturer that nobody exactly. knows. So. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, we can walk into a BMW dealership, whether or not they're a Dynam dealer, and they know us. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I would hope so. Absolutely. If you didn't, there's you something wrong around for long right. enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, okay, so you've got that stuff coming. What else are you? I mean, BMW has been shipping a lot of new stuff lately. What are you looking forward to playing with? What's What's out there that's new now that that maybe our listeners may well, not piggybacking be up off that? What are you guys doing with the i8? Yeah, the i8 we haven't touched, and it's and, really uh, as as a group. As an engineering group, I mean, we just look at that and say that that's we want to get our hands all over that. Yeah, you guys are like crawling in your skin. Sure, I can sure. see it right oh, now. Absolutely. You're like, oh, I'm squirming. I'm like, I need to touch that. And uh, your and your accountants are probably going no. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's a battle every company fit, uh, fights these days. Uh, so yeah, at this stage of the game, um, we'd really like to finish developing the M3 and 4 plat- platform. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at big turbos. We're looking at improving the intercooling system on that. Uh, you know, there's there's still some power to be had there, and that we really like to take advantage of that. The M, the, the forthcoming M2 is something that we're really looking forward to. Okay, and then, you know, we there is, you've even got the one series that's going to be kicking around in Europe soon, if mm-hmm. not already. I can't remember. Is the one series kicking around in Europe? Yep, yet? yep. they are. Are you guys doing anything that for that market? The European market is, yeah. is, is kind of one of the, our next big growth areas. Okay. Uh, there's a internally there's a big push to to get into Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, to because I know East. you guys have some serious competition in the European market that's not necessarily well represented here in the states. Absolutely. So absolutely. I mean, there's 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 the dining version of, uh, of of companies um, in Germany. Yep. In, in Europe. Which makes whole. sense. It's their sure. it's their market. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, and as you said, they're not well re- represented here. So, 
Uh, Are they as well known though? In, I mean, in their market, they're they're very well known. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, given what we do with the car and our knowledge of it, it's 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 a natural for us to get over there. Uh, it's a matter of getting the right contacts, obviously, and that's there's a yeah. big push in that direction. It's right funny. Now. It's it seems very specific to the German cars in general, and that they kind of have domestic tuning markets for each for each kind of region yeah. that they're in. That there's not a lot of straying outside. You know, it's you know you get certain tuners that touch Porsches in in, in Europe, and you don't hear from in the states, right. and, and vice versa. And same with you guys, and same with the Mercedes stuff. It's it's very regional. It's I don't see that with any other stuff. Like the Japanese stuff, it's all over the world. Yeah, the American sure. stuff, Absolutely. it's all over the world. It's it's just a weird little quirk of that market. Yeah. So, and it's always been that way, as you pointed out. Yeah, yeah, it it's it's very bizarre. But, eh, but the, 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 in that line, one of the interesting things is that when there is an issue, for example, back in the late two thousands, when BMW first went yeah, to the yeah, uh, point that you're right a little better. BMW first went to the uh, uh, direct injection. Yep. We were out there having problems with the pumps. It was it was not unusual for all of the tuners, the BMW tuners across the country, to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, are you guys seeing this?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 we're seeing it too. So yeah, just a sanity check. Exactly. Going, hey, are we idiots? Or are you right. guys seeing this too? <laughs> yeah. No, I do the same thing with my business. Where I'll call all the friends of mine and be like, uh, "Am I missing Wait, something is it obvious?" Me or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's great. I mean, it is. There is competition, but everybody it's, knows each other. It's a friendly competition, yeah. absolutely. You know, and and with as reg- once again, with as regional as it is, right. it's not even that harsh for you guys. It's it's really well. We're going to take Germany. You guys take the states. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. divvying it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you're trying to push into the euro market. You said you're. Uh, let's see, where do, what other markets are you trying to hit right now? Uh, we we just signed a pretty good uh, uh, deal in the, in the Middle East, which is kind of cool. Because that's going to be a good market. There's a lot of BMWs there. Those guys uh, like to throw money at cars. And they like to throw money at cars. So, and they, they like power. Yes, they do. Yes, so, they do. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. We're looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, the uh, the Asian market. Yeah. You well, know? the Chinese market is big. It's huge. Yeah. And Although you're going to be doing growing. a lot of you're going to be doing a lot of fork cylinder stuff there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And BM, BM, that's BMW's largest market right now. So yeah. Well, uh, by default, just about everybody's largest market. Yeah, exactly. Two right. billion people in one country uh-huh. that haven't had access to cars for the last th- million years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're excited. About and now that. everyone, yeah, now everyone has money. Right. Yeah, well, they somewhat did until three months ago, and now the economy's <laughs> crashing there, but. You know, you can only have wild growth for so long. Right. You know. Um, so, yeah, we're oh, excited about that. Yeah. So, what I mean, in the in the BMW lineup right now, what are what is your biggest sellers? I mean, is it the 235 stuff, or is it or is it the M3 stuff, or? Believe it or not, it's uh, some of our fastest moving stuff is the four cylinder stuff. Okay. Uh, we have a tune for the four cylinders. We've got uh, cold airs coming forward, mm-hmm. uh, exhaust. For, we have we have exhaust for a lot of them, uh, but the the awesome thing is that with our tune on the four cylinder will perform like a like the three thirty five. So what are you guys so making power so wise fun. on the on the? It's what is it two twenty eight? The three twenty eight. Three twenty eight. Yeah, three twenty yeah. three twenty eight. Off the top of my head, I think we're in the three sixty three eighty range. Okay, that's yeah. So for a little four cylinder, that's that's that's, that's a kick in the pants. That's, that's kicking yeah. the shit out of an E forty six. You know, yeah. you know, and I'm sure you're making. You're probably making more power than the E92 M- M3 did as far as torque. Mm. Uh, not with a four-cylinder. No? Uh, uh, no. Because those were about 300 pound-feet, if I remember correctly. No. Yeah. Really? They were 400 horse, 340, 360. Okay. So, uh, 
Yeah, stock. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. The uh, the four cylinders I think are more in the high two hundreds torque and the like the three forty horse. Oh, that's that's strange, just because I've been seeing some. Of, I mean, maybe it's just the turbo profiles, but like I've been dealing with some of the Ford stuff where it's the opposite, where it's uh-huh. like, horsepower's down, torque's way up. You know, so yeah. it was like I guess it just depends on what your hybrid turbo is. Yeah, exactly. but you got you guys are changing the inlet housing, so that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, the six little... yeah, on the six on the MP35 we are the the four cylinders we haven't touched yet. Okay. Oh, you're not even doing turbo swap. Oh, that's just tune. I figured that's just a tune. That's tune okay. only. Okay, that's cool. Are you planning? You get? I assume you guys probably have a turbo upgrade for the four cylinders at some point. Uh, we're looking. The next one that we're going to do is the M3 M4. Okay. Um, I think the the four cylinder market. Um, I, I don't know what the thought process right now internally that we're going to take on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that they fully embrace the tune. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was something that uh, we knew that they were going to enjoy. And uh, a lot of times, a lot of times, the, uh, the four cylinder guys are first time BMW buyers. Yeah, and that and, makes perfect sense. And they get into it, and they just. They, they start to drive the car. They start to have fun with it. Reflash is always the first thing and, that everyone does. Uh, oh, absolutely. Well, especially yeah. on turbo cars. Turbo well, cars are easy to make power with a flash. Sure. Well, yeah, and they come will, very, you know, Yeah, we all become turbo, off from the We factory. all become boost junkies. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Give us a little bit of boost. We need a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Given the fact that everything's going turbocharged, are you do you, are you a little nostalgic for for the days of, of normal yeah. aspiration now as and a the high car, revving motor? As a car guy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, turbo. I mean, I drive a turbocharged car. You know, they're fun. They're easy to make more power with. But there's just you know, there's something just nostalgic about uh, an NA car, especially and, you know. The V8 was good, but the V10 was the motor. That, that was, was the That was the motor. Stop that. You know, yeah. it just made <laughs> such one. damn good noise. Oh, yeah. But short of the Viper V10, pretty much all V10s make a really good yeah. noise. You yeah. know? No, it's absolutely. hard not to. But, yeah, that M5 was... Do you know how much they are right now? E60s? Like yeah. 25, 30 grand. Less. Less. Are they now? Oh, yeah. That was 22 the last to really? 24. Okay, so given that this is a bad decision I might make at some point in the future, right? <laughs> it's a what terrible decision I wa- that I actually I stop myself from doing. Well, now you may be getting a new car, so this could be a possibility. <laughs> if Volkswagen buys back my car, okay. I would totally so, entertain that idea. <laughs> if somebody was going to go and do that, because a lot of our fan, you know, a lot of our audience, yes, they tune stuff, but a lot of these guys go and we'll buy something secondhand too. Sure. What should you look out for in like that E60 generation? Because that's going to be a popular car. What would what would you look out for if you were going to go and buy, buy one secondhand? The most important thing is the maintenance records. Yeah, um, that V10 is an awesome machine. They can uh, burn oil though. But uh, they all burned oil. Yeah. But, you know, by BMW's own admission, a, a quart of oil a thousand miles is perfectly acceptable. Okay. Um, which is fine. I mean, you know, loose piston rings, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we we want to make sure that uh, that the that the oil services were done on it. Okay. Um, the uh, I mean the tolerances on these things are just so tight across the board that uh, we see with a lot of stock engines um, that we take apart because we have we do have a stroker program for the V10. We build a 5.7 mm-hmm. liter stroker, um, <laughs> which gives it even more bottom end, yep. more grunt. Um, but when we take these apart to build, we find that a lot of the uh, the, the, the engine bearings are wearing. Okay. Uh, so that, and that's an oiling issue. That, exactly. So it's, it's so critical that the, that the oil services be maintained on these cars. Yeah. And what is what is your usual interval on those? Because German cars usually have a really high interval, but those 10, are ten k is what they wanted. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen at one point in time, but they reduced it to ten. And that's, uh, and that's what uh, six thousand miles or so. 
No, it's it's t- uh, ten thousand miles. Ten thousand yeah, miles. It was fifteen thousand miles. Oh, you said K. I, and, uh, yeah, ten K, ten thousand. Okay, Sorry. I thought I thought you meant ten thousand kilometers. Okay. Uh, uh, my, so, golf is, so, my golf is ten thousand. Yeah, and I so just it's, hit it's, that. it's commonplace. And yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm wary of any any motor yeah. that you ring out that hard to run more. Like, I'm now. I feel guilty that I run to five thousand yeah, yeah, cars. Yeah, right. You know, right. I mean, and we were all told to lie by the oil companies for years that it was every three thousand. You know, whereas in Europe they're like, why are you wasting this much oil? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, and same, today's today's oils have improved so much from yeah. what they were ten years ago. What do you guys run for oil in your cars? BMW approved. You guys are running the BMW yep, synthetic, absolutely. Uh, okay. which was Castrol, and I think they just went to Shell. Okay, I didn't know if they had. That. So they've got their own special blend with them and everything. Yep. Okay. So not off the shelf. So is that is that critical thing to keep warranty with you guys or no? No. Uh, yeah. No. No. As far so as run what you like, just is, do it. As as long as exactly. Okay. Absolutely. So okay, and then the other bargain that's kicking around right now, and I've had more than a few people ask me about them: E ninety, E ninety twos. What should? What are you guys offering for those at this point? You know, obviously just about everything, but for the typical guy, guy that's you know, thirty-five is going to go buy a, a nice E ninety or E ninety two, and he's like, I want to throw five or six grand. What can you do for him? Uh, I mean, I'm, I assume we're talking about the three thirty-five. Uh, no, I'm th- well, I'm oh, talking the about M3. the M3s because the, the M3s have come down yeah, so far in price. The, the M3s was, was a phenomenal car from BMW. And BMW, the M division, always, always does a great job of, of, of squeezing a lot of stuff out of the normally aspirated engines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found that a lot of times, no matter what we did to it, we could pick up a 10, 15 horse. That was about it. Yeah. Um, but our, our basic stage one tune on that car, which today I think is... Twelve hundred bucks. Okay, um, is, does a great job of, of improving throttle response. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, you can't pick up a lot of horsepower because there's not a lot of left on the cable. Right, it's uh, very high strung motor. But absolutely, yeah. and we remove the top speed governor. So if you have the need for speed, uh, and I'm imagining you guys, you guys have all the suspension and everything covered. Oh, too. absolutely. Which to me, that that's the obvious gain on that car. It's just like absolutely. It's, like you said, it's 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 a motor that doesn't have a lot of headroom, so. Right. as well throw it at the suspension. No, absolutely. And one of the things that that, that, that Steve Dynan has always been phenomenal at, uh, and, I, and if I quote him on this one, I think it would be appropriate in that he likes to maintain the civility of the BMW when mm-hmm. you're driving around town, but once you drop the, your girlfriend or your wife off at the house and you got to head for the hills for a little bit, it comes into its own. Yeah. And and that's one of the things we've always done. And our suspension, be it our, our standard coil replacement on the E90, E92, M3, or the coilover kit that we have for that thing, it's just, it's awesome to drive. So, there has been rumblings for quite some time of this joint BMW and Toyota program that mm-hmm. looks like it may spawn either, you know, the next Z. M3 and, and, or Z or possibly, you know, and possibly, very likely on Toyota's side, the Supra. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have any insight into that or, or any whip, like hopes and dreams on that platform <laughs> or what? You know, I think there's a, there's a lot of the stuff that we're looking at and we're focusing on right now is is, is what we have in front of us. In the current lineup. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know that we have we have people in our company that, that are the, the look forward guys, that are the dreamer guys, like, you know, and I, I want to be part of that group. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that they're looking at that, but, you know, as far as the bulk of the group that I'm involved with uh, is, is, you know, now two, two, three years out. Okay. Well, coming back to that, um, speaking of the I-8, are, are 
their customers coming to you that like want things done or I mean is there is it just a problem of yeah it's not such really. a weird it, platform it's such it's, a weird uh, engine and hybrid it's, system it, it, well it's an awesome car I mean it is through and through it's a great looking car uh, it's a phenomenal driving car um, but you know what just it would no take no market it, it, yeah it's I mean it's kind of a tough one on, on that from our perspective is where do you go with it mm-hmm. what do you do with it engine swap. Uh, you know, there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff M3 that we've done. There's a lot of stuff that we had done in the past, and, and you know, and, and it's kudos to to Steve Dynan in that we would do a lot of Halo cars. We would do the the one M. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they brought 700 into this country, and we spent a year and a half developing product for that. Thing. I think that brought a lot of goodwill to you guys, but, but it also oh helped that gosh. that was an engine architecture you guys had already worked on. <laughs> absolutely, too, you know? yeah, absolutely. And if you're a car guy, I mean, there's nothing you don't love about that car. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, historically the M5. You know what we what we've done with the M5. We just finished doing uh, an M5 for Steve also uh, that uh, is just crazy fast. I mean, you know, approaching 700 horsepower, a little over 700 pound feet of torque. Uh, but there's no market for that, really. Yeah, it's and as great as those are. I mean, and and you, and you guys can make those big girls dance. They yeah. are. Those cars have gotten so much bigger that I'm comfortable with at this oh, yeah. point. Yeah. You know, it's it's. That's the thing that really kills me with them is they're doing what Detroit used to do. They're like, well, I guess this year's going to be bigger than last year. You know? <laughs> so that's that's the one thing. It's just like even the M2, the M2 is bigger than the yeah. M135. It's like, and not like a little bit. It's like noticeably bigger. Exactly. You know, I think the cars are still going to be great, but just make little yeah. cars. Just make little damn cars. <laughs> so. Absolutely right. Make, make the fun ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we're at SEMA. You know, you're probably bored to death at this point with the BMW stuff. Even though you love it and you support it, there's all kinds of other cool stuff here. What do you want? What are you going to go and look at? What do you want to? What do you want to see? Who do you want to visit? You know, I, I just the whole experience is awesome. I mean, there's so much cool hardware out here. Yeah. Uh, you know, being a car guy, you no matter where you look, you can appreciate it. It's so diverse that you just, absolutely. Yeah, you, you turn one corner and you have a Detomaso Can-Am car, uh-huh. and then you turn the other corner and it's you know some souped-up Chevelle. And exactly. then you go down two, two more feet and you go, why did somebody spend money on that? Yeah. <laughs> well, there is that, too. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, that. Just, it's, it's one of the awesome things about this show is just the diversity. I mean, there's... And there's stuff that you look at and you wonder why, and then you think, well, why not? You know, it just it's just fun. Yeah. The only thing that gets me is like when we were we were walking back through, uh, you know, some of the third and fourth tier wheel, wheel vendors yesterday, <laughs> and I'm looking at oh, casting stuff. I'm looking at casting marks on them. I'm like, oh no, this is scary. Like I, I could just see. Do you know Alan from HRE? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh-huh. I could just see him. You know, he, Alan is a brilliant engineer. Uh-huh. He came from the aerospace world. And he's he's talked ad nauseum on how dangerous this engine is. I could just see him walking down there with his eyes bulging out of his head, going, "Oh my god!" Breaking out in a cold sweat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was talking with somebody about this the other day, and I was just like, "There's a lot of cool stuff you'll see there, but there's a lot of stuff that you see from people that are just kind of trying to sell whatever, and a lot of it ends up on eBay." And there is no real regulation for this stuff yeah. in the states. I mean, in Germany, you've got to go through TUV and those right. kind of things, but it's it, the car world, the aftermarket world. For better or worse, is the Wild West. So yeah, some of the stuff we see rolling on the street, yeah. we go, we all know that that's not safe. Right. And I that, agree with that. That's a scary thing. It's all the cambered stuff, all the stand stuff <laughs> that's like just completely flared out. You're scary. like, oh god, that's gonna kill you. And the scary thing is, is that a lot of these people are not using camber for turn in. They're using it to fit bigger wheels yeah, under right. their cars. <laughs> it's just, oh, Stop my. it. Yeah. 
it's, it's worrisome. It's lost. Yeah, but somebody's making a business out of it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, there's I mean, there's just so much here. It's overwhelming. How many years have you been doing SEMA now? Uh, this, like I said, this is our actual first year that well, yeah, has but I mean, a presence you personally here. Come and, oh, gosh, probably 15 years yeah. or better. So, yeah, yeah you've got you, – you're like, yep, it's about the same. It's what I remember. Maybe it just more keeps people. getting bigger. Yeah. It really does. It, it, you know, know when how. it started out, it, you know, I thought, like, it can't get any bigger than this, you know, and every year it gets bigger and bigger. I think I'm on the every other year plan right now. <laughs> I mean, we'll see what plan. happens next year. But, uh, yeah, it's significantly – I, I skipped last year, but – it was bigger, you know. It's bigger than one of them was here two mm-hmm. years ago, and that year was bigger than the year before sure. that. I, I, where does it end? Where does it, it takes end? over Las Vegas? There's a property line on being in Las Vegas. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you got to start dealing with Henderson permits. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So we've got 235. We get the M. So now that the entire lineup is more or less turbocharged. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing more diversity in tuning stuff that wasn't necessarily originally intended as a sporting outing of people just going, yeah, I got a, I got a 550, and I'd just like to make 600 horsepower for Diesels. the hell of it. Are you doing anything with the diesels? Uh, diesels is something that's on our plate right now. Um, definitely, I, and, I, and I embrace that wholeheartedly. I mean, I think that's that's an area you ask about, you know, what are the things that we look to, to in the future. And, and, and diesels really is a big one. It's something that historically we've never... I mean, yeah, we, we, had the, we talk about it in passing. And that was, we had the 335D, which was a cool car. It's limited uh, numbers in this country. Yeah, I, I, and I almost—I was looking at them very hard in the used Makes market. Great torque. They had, awesome. there, there were some big problems with carbon buildup in the intake mm-hmm. manifolds on those things, and that's what shied me away. I'm like, there's a lot of people having this problem. I don't think I can deal yeah. with it on this car. I don't want to deal with that problem, so I shied away. But it looks like the 328 is is pretty well sorted. The 328D. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, I mean, what are you seeing as the potential of that market? We, we think it's it's there and it's big, and especially as we start to try to develop the European market yeah. and, and, the, and the Far East market. Uh, is it, I didn't realize that Asia was big on diesel, too. It's, from what I understand, it's going to be a big part of the Chinese market. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so it's a big thing for us as far as that and if it goes. Well, it will uh, be interesting because just because of the whole diesel scandals right now <laughs> to see how diesel's... I just tune around it. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. You guys don't have to worry about it. It's the manufacturer that has yeah, to right, worry about. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, but I mean, everything that you guys build out here, I mean, it's all EO anyway. It's all carved, right? Yep. So absolutely. It, and that's the crazy thing to me is that you get this, you get the carved stuff, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of silly to a certain extent because I feel like a lot of these tuner cars, especially the turbo stuff. I mean, they're running pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of them, unless you're doing something stupid. But I mean. Making power and being efficient is generally pretty clean. Sure. They pass a sniffer test, but you didn't cough up the bounty to the car BO, right. so you're not getting through. That's that's the thing that bothers me. Like, I know, hypothetically, if I owned a car that I'd changed out all the exhaust on, but was still running catalytic converters, not that this exists, uh, <laughs> that it would pass the sniffer. It is it is clean, clean, clean. You see no carbon buildup on, on the tips. Mm-hmm. But... Yet it wouldn't pass mustard because it won't pass a visual. True. You know, it's it's just silly. Whereas, yeah. yeah, I've lived in other states, and there's a sniffer test, but I don't care what it is so long as the numbers are right. And what we're seeing today, actually, is more and more common, including in California, is that uh, they're not even testing it up the pipe anymore. They're just looking for the OD2. readiness monitors being set. And as long as 
as long as the onboard diagnostic system gives you the thumbs up on, uh, on all eight monitors, then the car passes smart. This, to me, though, that my background before I got into all the other stuff, software engineer. Uh-huh. This, to me, looks like the perfect opportunity for less scrupulous people in the aftermarket world to manipulate that the same way VW did on their diesel testing. One could say that? Yeah. It's look at the inputs, look at the resistance on it, go, oh, something's hooking, scanning OBD2, let's change these parameters. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually trivial. Mm-hmm. That's the scary thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, absolutely. I mean, it, but when it comes straight down to it, the vast majority of people are not going to modify them anyway. I mean, True. it's maybe, what, 1% of the market, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's very few fanatics out there uh, as a percentage of the overall market. But those of us that are enjoy the hell out of it. So oh, yeah. It's, it's, so do you ever foresee a day maybe where Dynan might explore something outside of the BMW world? It's definitely something that we've considered. Yeah. Um, and and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in the near future... If, uh, you know, we, we took a look at Porsche or Mercedes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Similar customer base, and I'm sure, you know, let's, let's be honest. Exactly I mean, right. Sometimes you go from a BMW and you, you you go and buy a Porsche because it's the next step up. I mean, as great as BMWs are, and the you'd Porsche be surprised that there are Porsche guys that step into a, an M3 or an M4. Right, right. Uh, it's, yeah, it, they're, they're different cars. You know, they, they drive different differently, purposes. they feel differently. You know, BMW doesn't make a, you know, the M3 is great as it is. It's not a GT3 RS. Correct. You know, Correct. so it's it's different thing, different Absolutely. purposes. So. Absolutely. But at the same time, like the Carrera or the Boxer is not the M3. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then I think it's honestly I could carry I, more people, and I could go. Quite I think a bit it's a pretty more. damn well even split case that you can make between the M5 and the Panamera. That's true. Those, those cars are so the numbers on yeah. them are so damn close. Although I'll say the M5 is a much better looking. I was just car. gonna say that. Uh, absolutely. And then well, and then you got you, you know you have like the Audi RS7. I think that thing's that's goddamn gorgeous yeah, too. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Audi's been doing such cool things too. I mean that seems like that that'd be another have. that'd be another really interesting market for you to go because I mean they're running the it's funny the German the engine architecture is getting very similar. We had we had a gentleman from Wystech in here just a little while before you and they've got their four liter turbo. Uh-huh. BMW's got their four liter turbo uh-huh. and then Audi's got their four liter yeah. turbo. It's just like how it, it just well, seems like a good platform, right? Yeah. Well, it's a nice round number, sure. right? Is that what they're getting to, basically? <laughs> so, it's... Uh, and I think some of them are even... Realistically, they develop their four-cylinder, and they're like, okay, what if we join them at the hip? And we yeah, do, right. too. <laughs> I, I believe that's actually kind of how the Mercedes one is done, huh? is they developed one side of it, and they're like, okay, let's join them at the just crank. <laughs> I, in theory, I'll, I'll it works. Up. I mean, you've seen the Hayabusa motors that yeah, have done that right, way, right? Exactly. And that's, oh, that's a cool thing. Uh-huh. You know, when you get a little tiny V8 that spins to, like, what is it? Like twelve thousand RPM, something ridiculous. Yeah. It's obscene. Yeah, yeah. So, do you got a? Uh, so, do you have any of your own personal projects? Um, I think right now I don't. No, um, <laughs> I mean historically I've always had one or another thing going. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, a lot of my time is committed to uh, to dining. What have you? So, uh, what have you had in the past? Um, I've gone. Gosh, anything from uh, E twenty eight. Okay. Which is a mid '80s stuff. Threw uh, mm-hmm. into some of the Japanese market. Uh, I'm a car guy. That looks interesting. It's unusual. Yeah. Sign me up. Okay. <laughs> so it's not BMW exclusive. It's whatever tickles your fancy Absolutely. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like unusual stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nice to go off the beaten path after my own heart. <laughs> yeah. However, the only the one thing that sucks about going off the beaten path sometimes is it. It's so much more expensive. It's so much it's, more difficult. It's so much more expensive. And sometimes when it breaks, you just want to shoot yourself. Or I had a certain car that was imported from Australia that I loved the shit out of. 
but had to get rid of because it was going to be three months to get a steering rack if I broke it. I had years ago. I had a Toyota All Track, which is the uh, all-wheel drive turbocharged Celica. Yeah, yeah. Late eighties. That was a cool car. I think it was a cool car, but nothing fit. Yeah, everything had to come from Japan, or you had to manufacture it. So I I just, after a while, just like, okay, I give. Yeah, (laughs) it's uh, that's that's the one thing that sucks sometimes about having those, or you know. But that at the same time, I think that car is rising in value sharply at this point. Yeah, Yeah. that's funny. It's, It's you're finally now seeing. Some of the German and the Japanese stuff is getting their quote unquote provenance in there. There's some respect. I mean, especially we've watched the Porsche market bubble up, sure. which is it's the definition of a bubble, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to fall completely flat. No. Because there is a legitimate appreciation. They're uh, old yeah. enough now that people don't look down on them. Right, you exactly. Know? And I think BMW, especially with the E30s and 2002s, I really, really would love to have a 2002 yeah. TII. I mean, E9. I, I want an E9. I, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I will never, the 2002 Ti, I couldn't justify buying a real one, though, because to buy a real one, you should keep that stock. It's, there's yeah. just not enough of them. Yeah. But I would like to get a beater one and then put the flares on it and turbocharge the hell no, out absolutely. of it. Maybe with a new 328 motor. Yeah, right. Exactly. That yeah. would be, now that would be a fun, an unusual project right. that I might have to, I might have to swing by if I ever put that together, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, how much fun would that be? Yeah. Have you guys ever considered doing oddball stuff like that within the company? Over, over the years, we've, we've kind of gone that direction um, as the as the marketplace and the uh, business environment has gotten hard, tougher and tougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you pointed out earlier, we, we're more and more controlled by the accountants mm-hmm. where we need to... Uh, Stretch it, your engineering it, legs. It, it, yeah. They've, they've got a little bit more rain control than they did 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, ten well, years. Well, that happens when a company grows, though. Uh, exactly. Yeah, ten years ago, the the, the, the projects that we would come up with are just basically dream stuff. Basically, Candy. when all I had to do was waft across Steve's desk, and he went, "Yeah, that sounds cool." Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. You know, here's here's a guy that was. I mean, he was a, a car guy from the word go. So if you could pitch the idea, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Let's try that." Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's nice, but you know, that's also. Progress sometimes is uh, exactly. you know, means having to follow your own rules. Yeah, you know, and the accountants are good at keeping you honest. Exactly, you that's know? that's a big thing. Right you, you, sometimes you bitch and you moan, and then you go, "Oh yeah, that's why everybody has insurance and paycheck." <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> oh man. So all right, so probably uh, start winding down here uh, for dining stuff. Obviously, dining.com, right? Dining cars. Dining cars. Okay. Com. Who the hell has dining.com that you guys can't get it from? You know, I don't know. I don't, I've never even looked into that. I just didn't. You know Let's what? See. You're on it. You know what? That's <laughs> where we get the accountants to come in and go, we need to throw these guys 15 grand to get this domain <laughs> after all exactly this time. Exactly right. So, okay. And then I'm sure you guys have a social media presence too, right? We do. Um, they're, we're big on Facebook, Facebook Twitter. I'm sure the con guys are probably helping sale. out with that. Exactly. Yeah. Supposedly it's up for sale. It's up for sale. There you go. I, yeah. Mental yeah. note to self. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it up. Bring but right up. now it's doing bicycle tours and other things in France. There's a town in, in France. Is there? Dining. I'm guessing that if you maybe partially funded a new library, they'd yeah, be very exactly appreciative. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Buy some cheese. John, where, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Jonathan underscore Klein. 
you can follow us. Uh, we're doing lots of cool stuff at bulldry.com uh, and other places. Other so. places and things. And things stuff. and places and things, things and, places and places and videos and, and other podcasts and stuff. Other, yeah. Okay. I'm everywhere. Yeah. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Hayes Data. You can find me on the smoking tire stuff because we're filthy and dumb there. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you can also find me, uh, you, you know, if you want to do a podcast, get up and running, talk and do stupid things and potentially maybe get big enough where you come to SEMA and then blow out your voice from talking for four days straight. <laughs> uh, go to Shout Engine. That's what My we company do. Uh, will set you up and get you going. Uh, otherwise, this is one more episode of Hooniverse in the can from SEMA. Thank you, Magnaflow, for getting us to space. And thanks, Dan, for coming out. I well, really appreciate you. I yeah. appreciate that. And uh, we'll on. have to have you back in the studio in L.A. at some point. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys.